You are listening to the Polymeric Podcast. My name is Lucy Struncova and today I'm happy to welcome a very popular sculptor, Anthony from Ace of Clay. Anthony is not only an artist with superb sculpting skills, but also a constant source of inspiration and the reason why so many of his fans started working with polymer clay. Let's get to know Anthony more. There are many things about him that might inspire you as well. I'm so happy to meet you in that way. And I would like to start to talk with you about your YouTube channel because this is something incredible. So would you say that your YouTube channel is your main platform because you are very active there and I can only imagine how much time it takes? My YouTube channel is definitely my main platform. I kind of started on Instagram and then after starting YouTube that just kind of took up all my time. So that's where I concentrate most of my work. And you created your very first sculpture from polymer clay when you were 12, is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, seventh yeah. grade. <laughs> oh my God. How did that happen that you discovered polymer clay in that age? Well, it was actually, it was elementary school art class. Um, we made these little Santa Claus ornaments for, um, for Christmas. And there was like these steps that you would follow to make them. And the teacher uh, gave us all Super Sculpey original. And... I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because I just loved the texture and I really liked that I didn't have to wait like 24 hours for it to cure. It would just, I could just stick it in the oven and it was good to go. And that's, it's all, the rest is history from there. <laughs> and since that you were, you know, fascinated only by polymer clay or were you thinking sometime that you would like to change the material? I've been with polymer clay ever since then. I've had no reason to switch. I just, I love it so much. Can we, can we say to our audience how old are you? I'm 30. okay with you? Yeah, of course 30. I'm 30 years old, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a long time already. Mm -hmm. And you usually sculpt character designs and figurines in some kind of creepy monster mm -hmm. style. Where do you draw your inspiration from? I draw inspiration from, first it starts in my head. I think of an idea and I just happen to just be drawn to creepy, scary, Halloween-y, creepy weird things <laughs> and I've been like that ever ever since I was little but then you know as I grow up I always looked up to people like you know Stephen King Tim Burton you know all those big people up there and I've just kind of um, always admired their work and I like that I'm creating something like in, in the same vein as them if you if you will so are you a fan of those movies definitely 100% a fan of those movies so how do you spend your free time when you are tired for example from working My free time? <laughs> I don't have yeah. much of that. But um, when I do have free time, I like I like working out. I like hanging out with friends whenever I can. And then, of course, like looking at TikTok, I'm addicted to my phone. And, you know, I'm always always browsing the social media apps. I'm flipping between like the same four all the time. But that's really it. Pretty simple. Are you a fan of TikTok? And do you post there? I, stuff. I used to post there, but then it just got to the point where I was like posting on so many different platforms and I was like, I need to, you know, cut some of these out. So I kind of stopped the TikTok thing. I want to pick it up again, but um, for right now, I kind of stopped, but I did start. Now I just like watching other people on it. <laughs> so about the TikTok and social media, how many platforms are you active on already? I'm active on Facebook, both with a page and a group, um, Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, and I think that's it for now. About the Facebook and Facebook page and group, what is the difference in the content that you share in those two? Well, my Facebook page is pretty much just where I share um, 
my content with the general public and people who like my page. And then my Facebook group is a little more concentrated and it's more for the people that are in the group who want to learn how to sculpt, who want to learn from each other, who want to share their work with each other and just grow as sculptors. And the one thing that everybody has in common would be like my YouTube channel. So everyone, everyone just kind of um, met me there and then joined the group. And now they're like making friends and relationships in there and sharing a lot of really cool stuff. It's called Snakes of Clay, too, if you want to check it out. <laughs> so to me, it sounds like you created some kind of community mm -hmm. behind your art, which must be helpful not only, you know, with teaching more people about Paul Merkley and this material and your sculptures, but also for your business. So can you tell us a little bit more about it, how you use those platforms and the pages and groups, let's say, to sell more because you are a full-time artist? Um, I don't really sell my art. It's more of just putting my content out there and having people watch it. Um, the group really just runs itself. I don't really get anything from having the group. There's really nothing um, like I don't make any financial gain from it or anything aside from like, you know, just releasing merch recently. But that's really it. Um, everything else is just, you know, to direct people to my YouTube channel. It just reinforces my main platform of YouTube. So I'll post a video on YouTube and then I'll post to my Instagram story like, hey, check out the video swipe up and then I'll go to Facebook. I'll post that to my page and then, you know, it's pretty much the same thing for all the other platforms. And then Twitter is I feel like where I have the most personal connection with my audience because I just kind of share my thoughts, like random things that I think about throughout the day. Um, I like posting, you know, my ideas there. I like getting people hyped up for my YouTube videos there. Like, oh, I can't wait to share this sculpture with you Friday, uh, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it all just it all just reinforces my YouTube channel. So does it mean that you are basically making an, or having an income from the YouTube advertisement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, YouTube is my main source of income. Yeah, I'm not sure how our audience is informed about YouTube and advertisements and the possibility of making an income there. But you must have a lot of lot of views to be able to make an income that is kind of, you know, kind of good for a full time. In which time did you realize that there is this possibility to get paid for making those videos that your followers and subscribers can watch for free it was really when my first youtube video took off i think it was like the third or the fourth video i posted on youtube it got like 20,000 views in a week and from there i just kind of i grew really really fast and i was like wow this can really be a thing you know and then the ad revenue started to add up and i was like hmm maybe i don't have to have an etsy shop anymore i don't have to make custom orders maybe i can just entertain people with this you know sort of tv show youtube show that they can watch and learn from and then that's kind of where it all came from so you probably got more freedom with that right because definitely if you are talking about the etsy store mm -hmm. you are selling your pieces and sculptures for your audience or your fans mm -hmm. were you working on custom designs or maybe you already created a few and then placed them on the store I did both. I did. Um, I accepted custom orders through my website where people would be like, oh, can you sculpt me and my dog? Can you sculpt my girlfriend? Can you sculpt this wedding cake topper for me? And I would do that, those kind of orders. And then on Etsy, it would be stuff that I would make one time and then I would just make it to order. So if somebody, for example, I would make switch plates, light switch plates. 
and um, I would make one, take a picture of it, post it as a listing, and then every time somebody ordered one, I would just make it for them and ship it out in whatever um, configuration they wanted. And did you enjoy those custom orders or was it too stressful for you? Um, it's definitely easier to um, have the pre-made stuff for sure. But um, the custom orders really kept things interesting because I would sell so many copies of like the same sculpture that it would get kind of redundant and boring for me. And the custom orders uh, really kept my interest and kept things interesting because everyone was completely different and everyone had a different idea and it just kept things really fresh for me. This is interesting because I usually hear that artists are, you know, tired of making stuff mm -hmm. by you know, the designs that they followers or subscribers or anyone just wants. So this is really cool to hear that you actually took an advantage from these custom designs and custom orders. Mm -hmm. You know, like you got inspiration from those people who ordered that. Exactly. In your opinion, what are the main advantages of polymer clay over other materials? Um, I, you know, to be completely honest with you, I haven't really used anything but polymer clay since i got started i just recently tried like an epoxy clay that i liked it was pretty cool but i mean i could never see myself permanently switching to that but um polymer clay i just think it's ex it's extremely versatile it lasts virtually forever and it's just you know if you if you use it correctly if you create your armature properly if you bake it right you should have no problems with it and I just love it and I love that you don't have to wait for it to dry or cure. And do you combine different materials with the polymer clay or for example for the armature? Yeah for the armature I would use um, like metal wire, aluminum foil and then even other types of polymer clay to um, create the underlying structure of the piece and then you know put the, the polymer clay on top of that. And how does the process of making your sculptures look? How does it look? Um, it's yeah. pretty. It's it's pretty much the same um, for every single one that I make, especially since I mostly do like humanoid figurines. Um, it's just you know if they need extra support, I'll put them onto a wooden base, and then I'll attach the armature wire to the base, and then I will bulk out like the larger areas, like the torso and maybe the thighs, with aluminum foil or um, it's called Super Sculpey Ultralight. It's a lighter weight clay that you can um, add to your pieces in larger thicknesses so that it won't crack or anything. So I'll put that on. And then after all that's done, the skeleton of the piece is complete. I bake that if needed. And then when it's baked and cooled down, I start adding the polymer clay and the details. Do you have an idea how many sculptures you have already created? In total, like, like including custom orders and everything over probably definitely over a thousand that's for sure because i almost hit a thousand sales on etsy when i closed the, my shop and then i make like 55 sculptures a year from youtube so i would say maybe like 1500 a lot <laughs> and you are still not to tired by making like sculptures i love every second of it new I, ideas i love it i absolutely love every second of it and do you have some kind of sketchbook or something where you keep your ideas? It's in all here mind? in my head. It's all there. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, yeah. And if if I really need to sketch something out, I'll do something like really rough, just to make myself feel better before I start the sculpture. But um, that's very rare that I do that. Everything is usually just in my head, and I don't know what the thing is going to look like when I start it. And I love that because I'm. It gives me a greater sense of satisfaction when it's done because I'm like surprising myself and whoever else I show it to. So I don't know if that's weird or not, but I like it that oh. way. <laughs>
And you work under your own brand called Ace of Clay. And I realized that you usually don't use or reveal your surname. So why is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, just for privacy. You know, I don't want people looking me up or anything. <laughs> Not like I have anything to hide, but I just it's just a privacy thing. Did something kind of crazy already happen to you with so many followers on your YouTube channel and social media? Not really. I mean, I've had people pretend to be brands and try to get like my address from me and stuff like that, which that was pretty sketchy. But um, now I'm extra cautious when people reach out. <laughs> But it's true that having some kind of brand to work mm-hmm. under, like you have just your name, it must be a little bit easier because you still have some kind of your identity and I believe that you share just only artistic stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know about your group with your followers on Facebook. How do you think about the content that you would like to share? So is there sometimes, for example, something more personal that you would like to share with your followers? And are you thinking about if it's appropriate or not? Um, You know, I've definitely thought about this. It's definitely been a journey to get to this point not that i'm like at the highest point ever or anything but like there's been some things that have happened that have all um added up to where i'm at today and i've thought about you know sharing that but i just i'll wait till the timing's right um i don't think it's right right now i think people follow me for my art not for you know other stuff <laughs> you know so i just like to keep yeah. it on that what are you doing with those finished sculptures that you create for YouTube tutorials. They sit right there <laughs> on these shelves just... behind me. I just keep all of them. And I have a whole cabinet in the other room too. Yeah. I can't I can't get myself to sell them for some reason. Because <laughs> I've sold, like, if you think about it this way, when I started Ace of Clay, I sold literally everything I made. You know what I mean? So then now that I'm doing YouTube and my income is coming from, you know, that And that alone, for the most part, um, I don't. I can hold on to my stuff now, and I like it. So I'm kind of like hoarding my stuff, but I'm definitely running out of room, and I'm gonna have to figure something out because like these shelves are completely filled up, and I don't have much room for more. <laughs> oh my god, how many sculptures do you have there? I think there's like 60 behind me, sixty, sixty-five maybe. But yeah. And what about your friends? Like, do you think that you are crazy, or are they like super fascinated by them? They're they like them. They're interested. They're definitely interested in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can imagine it can be a great present or something. Depends if you want to get rid mm-hmm. of them or not, or if you want to keep them. But it's really personal, and it can be a great gift to some kind of mm-hmm. occasions. I'd like to do like an art show one day. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Give like a yeah, solo show. Good. Do you feel like that they are getting better and better when you look at them and when you see all of them in front of you? I think so, for sure. Yeah, I've learned so much over the last two years. It's not even funny. I've gotten faster in my process. I've learned more like painting techniques. So yeah, you can definitely, um, it's night and day comparing some of them. But um, for the most part, um, I feel like I go through like periods where like I'm I'm really fussy and really into you know the details and everything and then there's periods where i kind of want to do easier stuff just to kind of give myself a break so you can definitely um see the difference there i know last year there were there was a lot of um like little stretches where i did more simple things just to keep myself sane and then i think this year i'm really going hard at it because i'm absolutely loving every second for some reason and it's just how it's working out
Are you working in the way that you basically sculpt the base of the sculpture and then use paints for painting and gi giving the color to mm -hmm. your sculptures? Yep, I don't use then, colored clay unless I absolutely have to. Why is that like, were you thinking about doing it the opposite? I like painting them because I don't like deciding on a color palette until the entire sculpture is done. And I just like the way that painting looks for my style and stuff like that. Um, nothing against colored clay. I know there's so many people that do amazing things with it. I just, I've always preferred to paint it. And, you know, I can change my mind on what colors things are going to be at the last minute. You know, I'm not, you know, stuck with the colored clay that I put on a couple days ago. I might change my mind, you know. And then um, the only time I will use colored clay would be if I'm doing if I need to color an area that I can't fit my paintbrush. So for example, like the inside of a mouth, if there's teeth in front of it, I'll use like red clay back there because I can't possibly like paint behind the teeth or something like that. But that's really it. It must be much more easier for you because I imagine that you have mostly one color clay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we like, you know, mostly women in the polymer clay community, they are like obsessed with every new shade and every new color that comes out and that can be a little bit more crazy and you have to keep everything in your shelves and it can mm. take a lot of space so this this must be an easier way how to work when did you exactly make the decision to be a full-time polymer clay artist it really it really wasn't a decision i actually um i've always been thinking about it you know in the back of my head but i never thought i actually would when i first started youtube i did have a um a full-time job and then i went down to part-time there And then um, because of the pandemic, I lost that job in graphic design because it was in the events industry and nobody was throwing events. And then from there, it kind of just like forced me to do YouTube full time. And honestly, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because it made that transition a lot easier because I kind of didn't have a choice, you know, so I kind of I've it's been like that and I've never looked back and I never will. And how did your audience grow during that time when you started focusing on that full-time um it, it it stayed pretty steady for the most part i definitely had you know more time to dedicate to my youtube channel and like you know brainstorm come up with ideas and stuff like that and like run my social media pages so i mean that definitely made a difference and it took a lot of stress out because i was you know you know working from home for the most part with them and it was always just like in the back of my head like i had to you know finish this work first and then do the youtube stuff and it was just you know just another thing to worry about and then after that it, you know that big weight was taken off my shoulders and i was able to just focus on what i wanted to focus on does anyone help you with the management of social media or other stuff like for example with the video shooting no it's all me i do literally I mean. everything <laughs> and do you feel like that it might help you to get a little bit more freedom again or maybe free time for sculpting and other stuff yeah it would if i had you know for example like a video editor which i'm actually going to start looking into um i just need to be able to dedicate the time to be able to teach them how to edit one of my videos you know what i mean so that it flows right because it's like i feel like when i'm editing i really can't imagine anybody else doing that <laughs> with my videos so it's like i'm gonna have to give up a little bit of control and um you know just teach them to edit like I do and I just have to find the time to do that because right now everything's just so crazy I can't really yeah, do that really hard. yeah I'd yeah. really like a camera a camera person too that'd be great <laughs> yeah but it's hard to as you say it give up on some kind of control over that and in the same time to pass 
a part of your style or the way you would like your videos and the presentation will be actually. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about all those activities you have to do to run your business because it's not not only about making sculptures and shooting and editing the videos. So what are the other things and activities you have to do to keep it running smoothly? Really, it's um, coming up with the ideas, staying on schedule, staying motivated, having discipline to do the same thing every week. I have to keep, you know, I have to put my mental health pretty high up on my list of priorities because if that's not good, then everything else I'm about to say just falls apart. So I need to have, you know, clarity. I That's why, you know, working out really helps with that and eating healthy. Um, but after that, um, it's just coming up with the ideas, which I usually do like Monday. <laughs> and then Tuesday, if I'm lucky, I'll start the sculpture and I will do... Um, you know, the armature and get like the base of everything down and out. Hopefully my idea will be solidified by then. Then Wednesday, I do all the details and start painting. Thursday, I finish painting and then edit. So, and then on Monday, I usually dedicate dedicate that to like the more behind the scenes, like businessy stuff. Like I answer all my emails on Monday. I manage the group stuff on Monday. Um, I, you know, try to get my social media posts in line when I was posting more consistent consistently. And I just do do that kind of stuff. I take pictures of, you know, finished products and things like that. And like, I try to update my website and then, um, yeah. So then back to Thursday, um, I just, I edit and then, um, I'll upload the video that night or I'll wait until the next morning and upload it. And then Friday I'll make the thumbnail and do all the YouTube descriptions and stuff like that. Wow. It's fun. (laughs) I love it. Do you have, yeah, but do you have, uh, any kind of app or, how do you No, it's know. all just I'll okay, this is gonna sound really stupid, but like I'll text myself things <laughs> in my phone <laughs> and that's like my reminder for stuff, but like this is ninety like not maybe not ninety, like maybe seventy percent of my business, everything that I do for it is done with my phone. And um I just I live on my phone for my business and then you know, I'll use my laptop for editing and then, you know, answering emails and stuff like that too. But yeah, it's all it's it's all over the place but somehow it all ends up working every week so you know how many hours a day do you spend on your phone um doing like work probably maybe like five hours you know if you Mm -hmm. count everything up you know you you know all that but then like the leisure stuff is completely different but um yeah probably like four to five hours maybe talking to people you know emailing that kind of thing answering comments mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's answering like comments too. responding to comments yep 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 exactly yeah. i can imagine that you get the i don't know hundreds of messages asking for help or more details and information right mm-hmm. yeah i get a lot that can be crazy mm-hmm. how many messages can you get during one day for example i mean it just if you want to divide it up between apps i mean yeah. instagram 50 to 100 every day email at least 20 emails a day just from people asking questions um youtube comments probably it just depends on how well the video is doing you know it could be 100 it could be a thousand it could be you know it varies but yeah it's it's a lot <laughs> Oh my god! Are you answering to everything, or not? I can't answer every single one of them. I, I, you can't, yeah, yeah. I just not enough time in the day too. But I try my absolute best. 
This is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably turn off your notifications, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for the apps, I don't have notifications on, no. Do you have any idea how many pieces of content you post a week, let's say? Right now, it's really just, I'm just posting my YouTube videos. So it's, I would just say like one piece of content to every platform, whether it's an Instagram story or a Facebook post. Um, before, I would post way more. I just, I've just kind of just stepped away from that a little bit. Like I used to post, like I used to condense my YouTube videos to like one minute process videos for Instagram. And then once they screwed up the, the algorithm for that and I wasn't getting any views on them, I stopped doing that. And I was like, it's not worth my time then. And then, but that was like, maybe like, like five pieces of content a week. But um, yeah, now I'm, I'm kind of taking it easy on there. And then Twitter's just probably where I post the most. And what about your website or any kind of newsletters? Is there something else that you, you know, try to work on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my website, I do, I do post them all to my homepage on my website too. And do you feel like you would like to teach your sculptures while live classes one day when it will be possible? Or would you, like, would you rather stick to online presentation in YouTube. If it weren't for the pandemic, I would have already done a live event mm-hmm. for sculpting and I cannot wait to be able to finally do this in the future when the timing's right. Because I definitely want to do in-person classes. Like I cannot wait to be able to do that. I would like to do a combination of like just meetups, let's hang out, let's talk sculpting. And then I'd like to do some workshops that maybe they run over the course of a week. You come back every day for a week and we'll make a sculpture and you know we'll follow along with each other and you know ask questions talk and all that and then maybe have some like you know other speakers from the clay community you know join and do some little like ted talk things there's something about in-person meeting that's just very different and very special that you i don't think you can replicate it virtually you can get close you know Mm -hmm. you can get you know pretty close to that but you can't it'll never be like sitting directly across from a live human you know talking to you in real time are you thinking about other materials like resin for example because i saw many artists and sculptures or sculptors who were already making castings and doing resin Mm -hmm. copies of their work do you think that it's good because you basically create more copies of one piece there will be probably one original piece that you can keep you can sell the others but is it still an art in a way? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 100%. I think it is. I mean, if you made that original sculpture, you're just making copies of it. That is still that's still your art, 100%. The original sculpture will probably have much more bigger value mm-hmm. than others. Right. I don't know. It's like with paintings or every other kind of art, you have one original, then you have those copies. It can be like something that you can collect. Mm-hmm. That's true and the price will be probably different and it will be easier to make but i'm just trying to figure it out or to ask you how you feel about it because how many for example how many copies would you like to make what would be enough what would be too much you know i haven't really thought about how many Mm -hmm. i would just i definitely know that i'd like to make copies of them for sure just so i can sell them at a lower price point too because if i were to sell an original sculpture like it wouldn't be cheap by any means And, um, you know, I would be able to sell a copy for, you know, a much, you know, affordable price and more people can have it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's just kind of where I'm at. If I, you know, I would make as many as there 
would be a demand for. So if there were 200 people that wanted a copy of one of my sculptures, I'd make 200. You know what I mean? So, and I don't really know the answer to that yet because I haven't done it. <laughs> I need to get there. Yeah. Right now you're probably having the main income, the YouTube channel. But when you're thinking about other possibilities, like is there something else you would like to do to keep it stable in a way or keep it growing? Because in YouTube, it's a little bit unpredictable. You mm. never know what will happen. They can, for example, delete your videos, the platform will be changed, anything. Mm. So are you thinking about the future in some way to keep it safe, let's say? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely um, have explored other avenues for my, for my art and um, whatnot, like whether it's writing a book or something like that, or like some tutorial mm. book to follow along with, or, you know, like we just talked about resin copies, which is, I will do that before I die, if it kills me, I swear. Um, that's definitely on my bucket list. Um, but like, you know, releasing sculpting tools, that's in the back of my head, you know, partnering with different brands, you know, just kind of that kind of stuff um, that I would definitely, I definitely want to explore further. Do you have some partnership already with some brand? Um, right now, aside from sponsorships and, you know, good relationships, I don't have anything like contractual as of right now. We were talking about this topic in the first episode of the podcast with Ginger. Where are those boundaries for you to actually be sponsored by someone and to promote their materials? Or for example, to work with some brand and get the material for free in a way of some kind of partnership? Um, I have to like the product, of course. I have to use the product personally or really believe in it. And that's really, it. it has to be relevant to my, you know, business for the most part. Like if, if like I have sponsors email me all the time that are just completely irrelevant that I turn down because like, yeah, I could, it's a quick cash grab. I can make a couple bucks from the sponsorship, but do I think my audience wants to buy a fanny pack? No. So I'm not going to advertise that. You know what I mean? So it's got to be relevant to me. Yeah. I got to believe in the product and it's got to be a good product you know i really like about you how you are devoted to the polymer clay because it feels like that this is really the material that you would like to go in the future and as you said writing a book might be an option having own tools some kind of partnerships with that were you thinking about the patreon or other kind of possibilities like that no i just for me i don't want people to pay for my behind the scenes stuff. I don't, I don't like that. Um, that's just how I work. I don't, there's no, I have nothing against anyone else that, you know, wants to do that, but it's just not for me. You have to probably give percent to them by being able to sell your videos or behind the scenes or anything there. I mean, at this day and age, unless you're like meeting them in a parking lot and exchanging cash for whatever you're selling, like you're giving your money to another service, you know, everyone takes a cut of something like youtube takes like 50 or 45 of your all your ad revenue um you know you sell something on shopify they get a cut or something or you're paying for the service you know what i mean so paypal takes a cut everything takes a cut you know it's just it's the nature of how things work nowadays which is fine and i think you know for example on etsy etsy takes a percentage from every sale but it's like i wouldn't have gotten that sale if it weren't for etsy you know what i mean so i have no problem with that at all mm -hmm. they deserve the money because they got me the sale in the beginning of your let's say online appearing you were using etsy and other platforms mm -hmm. to actually be seen mm -hmm. right now when you created such a wide audience around you 
do you feel like that it's maybe a time to work with your audience closely as you do on your Facebook groups or maybe on your website and slowly leaving those platforms that very good for you at the start but right now maybe it would be easier for you to go on your own only um yeah i mean it just depends on what platform it is you know what i mean like i i post um more lightly to instagram now because everything's you know pretty much on youtube and that's like my main thing and then you know twitter interacting with people there but i mean you know it just it just depends um You know, I'll just, I, I tend to stick with the platforms that will benefit me the most. You know what I mean? So if one platform isn't going to benefit me that much, then I'll stop using it. What about a TikTok? TikTok, I think, is great for exposure, for sure. And, you know, getting that virality, you know, around your content. I think that's amazing. My first video I posted on TikTok got like 3 million views overnight, which was amazing. Oh my God. And yeah, and then, um, you know, it just got, you know, repetitive. And then I just got sick of posting to it. So I stopped. I was like, I can't post it to all these platforms every week. I'm going to lose my mind. So I kind of took a break from TikTok. But I want to revisit it, but in a different way. I don't want to just completely repurpose my YouTube content anymore on there. I want to create original TikTok-only content. I have to ask you, you know that the polymer clay is usually mainly used for jewelry. And they are, they are mostly women working with this material. And there are just only a few actually men to work with the polymer clay which is actually a little bit pity but are you thinking about you know trying to be a part of the let's say jewelry community around this material and maybe create something different than sculptures from the polymer clay you know when i first got started i probably <laughs> i dabbled in every genre i guess you could say of polymer clay because i've made jewelry stuff i've made little tiny charm things i've made neck like um not necklaces but like i've even done you know resin copies of things before i've done um functional artwork with it i've made drawer pulls i've made you know fan little hook things that you, you know turn your ceiling fan on with and and then i've done the figurine stuff so it's like I don't think, I think when I was doing that, it was a very like experimental stage for me where I wanted to find my niche. I wanted to find, you know, what worked for me, what I enjoyed making. And it just so happened that I liked making the figurines the most. So that's what I kind of stick with. I don't really see myself ever going back to jewelry, honestly, but I've done it. I've done it before. I can send you pictures. <laughs> yeah. It's good that you try it all. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I have tried it all. It It fascinates me how you develop your own style. I'm not saying that you have to go to some kind of jewelry technique and use them for the sculptures. I'm just asking if you're thinking about it or if you are aware about all those options that you are not using in your own stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, for example, many sculptors are... We talked with Stephanie Gilgast last time and she was like, I was using polymer clay and then I switched to epoxy and then I switched to another clay. And then she realized that it's just the material that you can change. And it's not mainly about the polymer clay. So you can basically do the same and you can use other materials. And the question is where the advantages of the polymer clay are after that. I'm, I, feel, I feel like I'm just so happy with the medium that I don't have a reason to change to anything, you know.
Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could start using a epoxy sculpt if I wanted to. Like I got five tubs of it over there on the floor, but um, I just, I just prefer polymer clay. If I were to do something larger, of course I would, you know, explore something that would accommodate that better, like epoxy sculpt or you know something like that. But um, for the most part, I just love polymer clay, and I have no reason to use anything else. <laughs> do you feel like you would like to be a polymer clay artist for years and years in your future? I mean, I just want to be an artist and a sculptor. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be about the type of clay that I'm using. As much as I love the clay, I don't say I'm Ace of Clay polymer clay artist. I'm Ace of Clay the sculptor. You know what I mean? Where do you see yourself in, let's say, five years I have no from idea. now? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I've, I have places where I'd like to see myself, but realistically, I really don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I'd like to do, you know, more product collaborations. I'd like to start doing the in-person workshops. You know, I'd like to have a million subscribers on YouTube in five years. That would be great. Um, You know, I maybe, you know, have a couple um, art shows under my belt. Something like that. Maybe, you know. With your fan base, I can very clearly imagine, for example, to have your own studio and run workshops there. And your fans might be able to go there and visit you and do meet and greets and all of that. So do you feel like that one day you would love to have your own space? Because I'm not sure how your studio looks like right now, if you would like to describe it a little bit more. It's just, it's a spare bedroom in my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's really it. It's pretty small. I'm definitely, I have definitely grown out of it. But I mean, moving forward, I would love to have like a big, you know, loft or warehouse or something where I could, you know, put all my stuff and really like spread out and do bigger projects and then maybe even employ a couple people. Honestly, yeah, if I could have people do the, you know, regular day to day stuff and like answer emails for me and, you know, edit my videos, film my videos, upload the footage, all that. Um, and I could just focus on sculpting, that would be amazing. And that is definitely a goal that I would like to get to within the next like two years. Because if I could just focus on making a sculpture every week and that was it, I could do I could do some pretty cool stuff. You know? <laughs> I could do that now, but then that would just require me to upload less, which I really don't like doing, you know, because people are counting on me to have a video every week and that motivates me and I'm excited to give them something every week. But um Yeah, if I could do that, that'd be amazing. Does it mean that with more people around you that might work for you, you would love to create more content for your followers? Yes, and I would be able to, too, you know, because then I'd be able to just focus on the artwork and, you know, talking to the camera and everyone else could, you know, format that that footage for TikTok and Instagram and Reels and, you know, throw it everywhere. And I could just focus on creating really cool art. The question is if you would be able to pass your unique style to them. On my, the only st- style that I'm dead set on is my sculptures and my artwork. But I'm not dead set on my editing style or anything like that. Like that's all pretty secondary to me. And I am totally open to like an editor that has their own creative style. As long as it stays consistent and I like it, I'm cool with that. You know, like when I when I um, commission uh, graphic designers to do like t-shirt designs and stuff. I want them to use their creativity. I don't want to just tell them what to do. You know what I mean? Like you're the artist, yeah. use your brain to come up with something that you think my my that would fit my brand and my audience would purchase. You know what I mean? Like I love that. Yeah, I'm so yeah. fascinated by artists' brains and I would lo- I love letting people run with things. Yeah, it's true that when you meet in the middle, like both of you get some kind of ideas mm-hmm. and inspiration, you get together and create something that fits to your visual identity and the style you are 
presenting yourself mm. but also it brings something new from the person who created that right that's to me the best way how to cooperate with some someone else i love that yeah that's my favorite part of, of cooperating with other artists in in these ways too and that's one thing that i would really like is just to have somebody to talk to all the time about my ideas and just be able to bounce you know different sculpture ideas off of them like i kind of do that now with like my mom and my brother but i mean to have somebody that was really into it and dedicated like i am like that would be cool you know and i feel like you know a team member maybe down the road would be able to do that when you mentioned your mom and brother What about your family? Are they, you know, proud of you? About what you achieved? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Um, I think my mom's like my biggest fan. <laughs> she hasn't missed a video, and um, she's always really into everything that I do. Um, they are not surprised because I've always had this sort of like business mindset, even when I was little. You know, like I would. I was constantly like selling stuff to my grandparents. You know what I mean? I was making little magazines and stuff like that. And I always just, I always wanted to own some kind of business or be in charge of something, you know, and it's just kind of started from that and then evolved into, you know, this YouTube channel. And they're, they're not really surprised because of that. <laughs> and are they, you know, fascinated by the things you are doing and are you able to talk with them about the details, for example, when you get an idea and, You know, in my family, it works like that, but they already, I guess they got tired by talking about the same stuff all the time. And I always see something different there, but mm -hmm. they don't. Yeah. So this is a little bit hard to talk with. No, hey, if you need to talk to somebody, just talk to me. I'm more than happy to talk polymer <laughs> clay with you whenever you want. <laughs> but yeah, they definitely get yeah. sick of it too, trust me. Because <laughs> it, yeah. it, it does get repetitive and stuff like that. It's like, oh, another video, another this, you know. <laughs> it the same is with my mom like she for example she likes every post on social media mm -hmm. she knows what's going on but i'm always like for example when we are working on a magazine i'm able to show this to her 100 times and she doesn't see the difference that i do yeah. so i'm just trying to get the <laughs> feedback if it was if it's good right now or if it was better before mm -hmm. and she's like tired of everything so right now <laughs> we got into the way that she wants to wait until the magazine is finished and then she is able to have looked at that and enjoy it mm -hmm. because otherwise she she doesn't enjoy it when i you know show it to her 100 times before it's printed mm -hmm. what about the merchandise you talk about working with other artists and doing some kind of products i'd always like to have a line of, of merchandise out like t-shirts and stuff like that um and there i have graphic designers that i work with uh pretty regularly that i like they're super mm -hmm. talented i'm not sure are you selling some kind of merchandise right now or not yeah i have i have a teespring shop connected to my youtube channel and then i have exclusive merch for my facebook group members is this something that you plan to do or maybe with those questions about you know having or owning your sculptures and artwork you became aware that there is this possibility of selling the merchandise. I like the idea of selling the merchandise for sure. Because like you said, it does, it gives you a closer connection to your followers and they like it, you know, it's usually just like inside joke stuff that like only people that watch your channel would understand. Like nobody knows what a snake of clay is, you know what I mean? But if you watch my YouTube channel, you know exactly what it is. So I put that on a t-shirt, they get a, you know, they get a kick out of it. I like it and 
it's nice that it's a nice um like relationship builder it's like giving ev- everyone that buys a t-shirt it's like giving every one of them a hug <laughs> has somebody ever recognized you on the street or somewhere one time i got recognized i was at i was at the pet store buying dog food and the cashier recognized me and she's like are you ace of clay and i was like i froze and i was like yeah <laughs> i didn't know what to say it caught me off guard but um that was that was the only time so far and then at vidcon i got a, had a couple people recognize me but that was when i was like significantly like smaller but the pet the pet store thing was the best that was so cool do you can you imagine for example walking the street and being famous and having people around taking photos of you and things that it makes i mean that one instance just made it everything so real you know what i mean because mm-hmm. ace of clay passed from the computer screen to like a real life situation You know what I mean? With a stranger yeah. that I've never met before in my life. You know, so that was really cool. I don't know if I'd ever want to get to the point where like people are taking pictures of me, but um if it ever does happen, I mean, you know, it comes with the comes with the gig. Like do you feel like that most of your audience are sculptors or are they just inspired by what you do and they are happy to watch that in their free time? Um, I actually did a poll once asking people and it's pretty um it's pretty fifty fifty. I get people that sculpt. I I get people that have never sculpted before that have started sculpting because of my channel. I've get people that have sculpted all the time before that just, you know, enjoy watching my channel and I get people that don't sculpt at all and just like watching it because it's entertaining. Well, I can imagine you when the pandemic will be over that you are gonna, you know, I'm gonna, fly there. I'm gonna go hard. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. get this going, and I'll be at your Polymer Week event if you have one. I'll be really super lucky and happy to have you a part of another Polymer Week event, and I hope that we'll be able to meet face to face one day. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today in the Wall podcast and interview. Can you say to our listeners? where they should follow you and where they might find you well they can find me on youtube <laughs> just search ace of clay yeah. i'm on instagram facebook and twitter at ace of clay i'm on tiktok as at ace of clay official and that's it <laughs> and then my facebook group okay. snakes of clay thank you so much for being here today thank you so thank much you. for having me lucy I really appreciate it mm-hmm.